Abdul Kane just clips him by. It's almost. It's, I bet it's by like a shoelace. It's a fingernail shoelace. Like he just clips him, and that look at that. That right there is the different between a, a win, a great cup championship, and going home empty. Welcome to the Waggle Post-Grey Cup Edition. James Sabalski and Davis Sanchez. Burned out. Exhausted. Not that I would ever encourage smoking, but Sanchez. Do you not find, like, watching the 104th edition of the Grey Cup was one of those, oh, I need to smoke. <laughs> Uh, no, no, but it uh, was pretty euphoric, man. That was unbelievable. Cigar, a cigar, maybe after cigar, the, after okay, the like we okay. saw, like we saw smiling Hank walking off the field, limping off the field, like uh, with a cigar in his hand, and uh, what a sight to see, and what a great win. You know what? The Ottawa fans were pretty awesome out there after they the were game. Awesome they were, they were, there was tons of them out there. You know, cheering and yelling and chanting and crying and laughing, and it was. What an emotional, uh, what an emotional game! What a, what a great way to end our CFL season! Unbelievable! Unbelievable! It was ridiculous. I mean, we're talking about the biggest upset in Grey Cup history, based on win differential for the Ottawa Red Blacks to not. They slayed the Giant. This was, this was totally David versus Goliath. Ottawa nine and a half point underdogs. Like that is a. That is a sizable gap. Yep. They were as expected to be manhandled. And I think, hey, look, we, we took the Calgary Stampeders. Having said that, I think we, uh, as the week went on, I think we recognized yep. that this game was going to yep. be closer yep. yes. and closer as it was going. But really, the drama, uh, the intrigue, the suspense, the, the just the sheer entertainment value of this game uh, lived up to it on, in so many different levels. And for everybody that wanted to knock on the Grey Cup experience in Toronto, you know what? The weather was nice. It was a beautiful... You could not find a better night in late November, just days before December, in the province of Ontario. And it showed well. BMO showed well. The fans showed well. And the players and the coaches delivered what we call an instant classic. And it was fun. Through and through and through, and it started. Henry Burris, I mean, right before the yes. game, all of a sudden, oh my goodness. We, we run into we run into our friend Jonathan Rubinoff minutes before the game, and we're, we're going by the press elevator and making our way to our seats, and all of a sudden, Jr. says, "I'm getting word that Burris got hurt in warm up, and he warm up. Well, this is this is like, like five minutes what? before kickoff. We're like, what? What? And." Um, and and all of us and, and so now there's a scramble and, and Twitter and social media is blowing up and everybody's hey this may not happen he's still in the trainer's table and and Rick Tra- Campbell wouldn't Trevor even t- tip his hand yeah and, Tra- and Trevor Harris is getting ready to go and like honestly my my thought I think I even threw out a tweet what uh so what a break for Trevor Harris you can even you can see it's funny because you can see Trevor Harris when when Rick Campbell did his his pregame speech Trevor Harris was standing in front of him and he was. Once we heard that, I was looking for Trevor or, or Hank, whoever I could see, and you could see him like moving, like warming his arm up and like jumping up and down. Trevor's like was, right next to you. you called it. You yeah. said, "Look where Look Trevor is." Yeah, he was standing right next to, the, right in front of the coach, and he was like visibly like trying to loosen up. Well, if 
I'm pretty sure if, if he was the backup, he wouldn't be standing right in front of Coach Campbell, and he wouldn't be, you know, warming up his arm. So it was, it was. But you know what the big thing is in that situation is obviously he's played a lot of football. Trevor Harris is is not not a guy that's uh, hasn't played in, in the game. He he just the situation is he wasn't going to get any reps in practice. The backup quarterback doesn't get reps in practice, so. All week, Henry would have gotten all the reps, and so a lot of the plays Trevor would never. Even read. though he was an all-star caliber, yes, he was the East Division all-star this when, year. Right? When they were, hey, you know what? During the season when they were still deciding who's going to be the quarterback, no. they're kind of going back and forth a bit. I'm sure Trevor would have gotten a lot more reps, but in a, sure. a week like this, I'm, I'm certain that I'm certain that Hank would have been the one getting all the reps because it was, you know, the last game of the year and Hank was playing. So I mean, like I said, probably you know. 80, 90 percent of the reps, uh, Hank would have got, or at least, you know, maybe seventy-five uh, at at the at the least. Uh, Hank would have got the reps. So that's that's a tall task for for Trevor Harris. Five minutes before the game to with no reps to find out. Hey, you know what? Guess what? You're now starting in the Grey Cup. No biggie. No biggie. Nope. But, you ever, now, did you ever experience anything like that? Where where you had a big game and just a key player in warm up got hurt? I don't think I have. I, I can't remember any time I've ever seen. I've ever seen that. Uh, no, I, I You know what? It's funny. It's earlier in the season, I saw that BC Lions cornerback Ronnie. It was usually Yell. you who got hurt. Oh come on, James! <laughs> Get off me! Get off me! Leave me alone! I'm tired. Ronnie Yale. Ronnie Yale got hurt for the Lions this year in, in warmups and did, couldn't play. That's I, right. That happened. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I've never. I've never been on a team that I've seen that happen. That, to see to see no, something like no, that, just no. so unique. And can you imagine just what's going through your mind? Imagine. I mean, and here is the sign of great leadership from the coaching staff, Rick Campbell, and I think to the players and the veteran guys that were on this team. Nobody's. Everybody afterwards all said, and maybe it was just a great poker face, but everybody said collectively there was never a concern because we knew that Trevor was there. If we, you know, because back. Bullsmack. I'm not buying it. It doesn't. It doesn't matter because it didn't happen. But I mean, you're sure they feel comfortable with Trevor. It's fine. You feel comfortable because he's yeah. Trevor's a good player and he's he's proven and he's proven he's good. Yeah. But this the the bottom line is he's not. He wasn't your quarterback that week. He didn't get didn't get the reps. Didn't wasn't planning on. It. And, ment, and mentally, James, I'll tell you right now, mentally, you, if you ask anyone, they're gonna tell you. They're going to tell you, oh, I, I always prepare like I'm the starter. The, the cliche things, you know, oh, yeah, I'll be ready when it's my turn and my turn's now, so I'll be ready. BS, you're not you're not mentally prepared. You're going into the game thinking you're the backup. You're not, all of a sudden, you can't just turn a switch on and be like, okay, now now I'm starting. Now I'm about to go out there and lead my team to a championship. It's, it takes time to, to get that, to get back going, and that would have been a real tough, real tough situation. But you know what? It didn't matter. Hank came out. He was awesome tonight. Most, most passing yards ever in a Grey Cup combined in a Grey Cup. Yeah, uh, I mean Bo, Bo didn't Bo didn't have over eight hundred and fifty. By the way, just right. if you're looking wow. for the numbers, yeah, just just tro- totally remarkable. And, and Hank had Burris, Burris was four Burris was four sixty one. Yeah, and uh, Bo Levi was three ninety one. Un- but it, yeah, they aired it out, and it's funny because all That's the talk B A N A N A S. Yes, it is, and it, it was funny. We talked all week about. These secondaries and who was the best and who well neither I don't think either one of these secondaries are gonna be putting putting this game on the highlight on the highlight reel. Maybe Abdul Kane after making a great cup oh saving goodness. shoestring fingertip. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine could you imagine if Calgary wins that game? Like and, and, wow. and it felt like and it felt like it was like you're just like, oh my goodness. All of a sudden the stamps came alive. The stamps came alive when they needed to late in the game. And march down the field, and then there's the critical pass interference, 
and Calgary's ready to strike, and you're just thinking, you know, and as and look, I'll say this is as a guy who's grown up in Ottawa, who's seen a lot of, you know, I think there's a lot of beleaguered sports towns across Canada, and for our American listeners, there's a ton of American hard luck cities too, right? I mean, you look at at, at people who've just cities that have had bad luck, and whether it's uh, goals going in from center ice, whether it's kicks that, you know, a kick that goes wide right or whatever it may be, or a team losing a heartbreaker in a playoff series. People, you know, you, you get that feeling like, oh no, here we go again, when you're not that sort of city of champions feel. And and you know what? Uh, you know, Kane came up, and here was a guy who talked. Davis, yeah. you stirred the pot, and you got you woke up all your, your all your little DBs, all your friends, all those speedsters and cover guys and shut down guys who like to talk that have a little swag, like one Chez used to do back when he was playing. Got him. He was, t- you know, Davis going one corner. Hey, what do you think about this? You know and what? then Davis working the other side. And you know they're what? Good, and though, everybody, those guys are good. And, and, and exactly. They were all good. Yeah, and you those know guys what? Are good DBs. And, and they're all really good DBs. And you know what? And they all wanted to, they were all confident. And I yeah. think, you know, and I think the sign of a, a successful corner is you have to be, right. you have to that's be confident. Why, that's why you, I go, that's just because uh, I was a DB, but I go to the DBs to, to, to talk a lot because they're, they're going to give you something. They, Real they talk. talk. Yeah. They like to, they like to talk. And, and those two groups, they are two of the best, and they did, you know, getting some quotes from Abdul Kane early in the week. He was very confident in his bunch, and he said that, and he, it was funny. When he said it, we kind of rolled our eyes, not rolled our eyes, but we, we looked at the numbers, and the numbers didn't tell us that. Uh, when we asked people around about yes. Abdul Kane, though, they definitely backed up his his plan, just how good Abdul Kane is. But the numbers didn't didn't back up what he was saying in regards to them being a better secondary than Calgary. They just, they just don't add up. Calgary's numbers were off the charts, but – at the end of the day, they were definitely the best group tonight, and he, that's what Abdul Kadeh said. You know, I really respected how Ottawa's secondary played. They were they were great when they needed to be. Yes. And yet they gave up almost 400 yards passing. Right. But they still looked good. And, and it's funny when you – you know what? I'll give you two – the two worst pass defenses based on statistics in terms of yards given up this year in the CFL, last was Winnipeg. And second last was Ottawa. Wow! But would would you have would you would you have wanted another you know the Winnipeg secondary? Yeah. And you could make Calgary you can make a great argument for the Calgary Stampeders yeah. as well. But what the Winnipeg Blue Bombers did this year? Tons of interceptions, tons of turnovers. Their plus minus uh, turnover yeah. ratio was ridiculous. Yeah. And Ottawa at the same time they gave up theirs. They gave up points, but there were also times over the course of the season like yeah you bend but. Sometimes you really kind of you battle, you, about, you scrap, about, and they and and he, and you talked about this in one of our uh, Grey Cup previews, and we didn't haven't talked about this so much from a from a podcast standpoint. They do something a lot more than other teams do, and that's man to man coverage. Maybe yeah. you can explain yeah. why why they would be more susceptible to give up those home run type plays. Yeah, you know, yeah, Mark Nelson and the Ottawa defense they they play more man coverage to, than any other defense in the league. And, and actually, Jarrell Gavin said to us, "Hey, you want to play? You want to play defensive back for the Ottawa Red Blacks? You better be able to play man coverage." And that was part of his his argument that, that they were the best because they do play a lot of man and and they get up in people's face and that they're good they're good cover guys. I mean, here's the thing. Calgary they did play a lot of soft zones today. Just like we talked about they play zone uh, and they've been very very effective. We've talked about it all week. They don't have any 
They don't have any weaknesses in their defense. Their D-line is great. Their linebackers are good. Their secondary five guys who have been all-stars at some point in their careers. This is a loaded team, and they did not look that way uh, tonight, especially in the secondary. Uh, there was there was miscommunication. There was guys running free. It looked like Hank, every time Hank dropped that back, he had options, and there was guys open. And a lot of times, not only was the guy Thutu open, but he had a couple guys. I saw saw a couple guys on several different routes that he could have chose to throw the ball to. And so there was there was something going on. Great game plan, obviously from Jamie Elizondo and and the the, the Calgary. How do you come up with a game plan like that within a week, and knowing that this team just didn't give up anything? They didn't give up the run. They didn't really give up the pass this year. They didn't give up points. They just seemed to deliver time and time and time again. And Ottawa found a way to eat through that in, in a massive way. They had over 500 yards offense against the Stampeders you know, team we, that gives up about yeah, 339. Yeah. You know what else we didn't talk about, James, was also uh, four for four in the red zone, the mm. Red Blacks were. That's huge. Those Massive. Are, those, Massive. Are big, those are big swings. Also, Hank threw it like a 70, 78% or some clip is is completion percentage, which is which is way too high. If you're if you're the if you're the Stampeders defense, that's not a number you want to hear. I mean, he he looked like honestly, he looked when he was dropping back, he looked like he was playing catch in the park with his kids. They were they were people open uh, all over the place, and that's not this defense. That defense is really good. They've been good all year. We praised them all week. We talked to them about how good they were. We watched them. Their numbers are good. They're, I mean, I don't know what happened. I can't wait to watch the film again and really break this down and see what the heck was going on. And we'll talk to, you know, we'll talk to uh, defensive coordinator Devon Claybrooks and and and, and, and Khalil Carter and find out next week what uh, what exactly happened and what, what we what they see after they break down the film. It was such a fascinating game, and 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 just even the insides. You know, the, I don't know what it was from Calgary, but I think Calgary is a it will look at this game and walk away saying, you know what, this is on us more than what Ottawa did. It, as a you know what I mean, where Calgary is, they were so good on both sides of the football, and this was a much different team. Jerome Messam, the league's leading running back. MIA, they they didn't try to establish the run in this game. They, they got couldn't away. stop Ottawa. That's the, that was the problem, James. In my, my opinion, the reason why they the, the reason why they couldn't run the ball, they run the ball because they could not. They, they had to re- reply to score every time they were behind. Well, when when uh, Ottawa kept scoring every single time they touched the ball, they were they were they were moving the ball and putting points on the board. So I think I think Coach Dickey that they felt like they needed to score some points and usually. Usually Calgary gets ahead and then they control the they control the clock and they run the ball, but that wasn't the case today. No, it, it certainly it certainly wasn't. And Bo Levi Mitchell, eight you're twenty or something. Didn't yeah, yeah, eight, eight carries. Carry, eight carries Jerome for I Messing think thirty five. Yeah, no, and and I think he was frustrated with it. And Bo Levi Mitchell was frustrated in this one. And this was something that was yes, unique. He was. Uh, Chaz, this was this was very uncharacteristic of Bo. And you know, yeah, okay, he put up almost four hundred yards, but at well, the I, same time, like. This is a guy who was far and away your most outstanding player this year. Didn't look like it. Didn't look like that guy, by and large. Three picks. Three picks in this one where he threw eight all year. He almost reached half his entire total for all of 2016 in one game against this Ottawa secondary. He didn't look comfortable. Mark Quinn McDaniel. That yes. is the key. Mark Quinn McDaniel 
went down early in the game with a shoulder injury. We talked to him after the game, and he knew right away. He just said, hey, he landed on his shoulder awkwardly. He knew right away. He tried to go in the locker room, and the doctor checked it out. He knew he was done. And that, that's, that is his – that is – Bo's security blanket. Mark Murray Daniel is his guy he goes to, especially on second down, but that's the guy he goes to when he needs some, especially versus zone coverage. Uh, and there was there was a disconnect between the receiving core and Bo Levi, and that's what we saw weird stuff happen. We saw we saw a lot of times uh, Bo you know, raising his hands in the air after after a you know a throw. Uh, you know, basically showing saying to the receiver, hey, where are you going? What are you doing? Uh, we saw, I, I could mention at least three times I saw I saw him waving his hands in the air, basically saying. And you don't see that from No, him. and you don't, I mean, to be honest, too, and I, you know what? We got to be fair. On this show, James, we try to keep it real. And, and and as much praise as we give, as we give, give Bo and well-deserved, because he's, he's one of the, at, at his age, he's one of the best young quarterbacks maybe ever in this league. And he and deservingly so, and the most outstanding player in our league. But you can't do that. You don't. You can't. You can't put your hands up. And you try to. You try not to do that because it's showing. Showing you guys look selfish. Up. Yeah, it just yeah, yeah. It's something like guys don't like that. Guys, no, guys don't like that. Exactly. You definitely don't. Your teammates, people don't like that. Now he might. You're being be, demonstrative. Exactly. You're pointing because you're basically you're, saying, you're saying, "What are you doing?" So you're you, basically so, putting the blame. Yeah, on Yeah, you're them. trying to point the blame on someone else, and that's that's part of you. You never you never want to do that. You never want to point the blame and let you know with your body language. You want to talk to him when he gets back to the huddle and tell him, "Hey, you're supposed to run, you know, up the seam or fade out or whatever you want to tell him." Um, then you the do only that. time that's acceptable is if you get burned in double coverage and the safety leaves you out to dry, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's the joke. <laughs> that's, that's when you can point. That's the joke everyone always makes. Is the, the old, the old, you give them the old TV, the television point. Like you get beat, then you just do the old point your hand. Just point, just point. You know, that's the, that's, the, that's, the, that's the good one. Just to give the old point. Ah, no one else. And you, you give you a point your, and say, you, the arms up in the air, yeah, shaking yeah. the helmet. No, yeah, what I used to you're do. You're looking around for somebody. Else. Yeah, no, the big no, one. No, you were the only guy. I learned this one. I learned this one early. If I would ever get beat, beat deep, what I would do is, what I would do is be, I'd lift up my hands and point to my the guy with the safety and be like, hey, do you want to go for chicken later? <laughs> Hey, you want to grab a pizza after the game? And I'm pointing, and then that way the TV guys think it's their fault. Perfect. Get all figured out. Exactly. So that is the rule. It's not okay to be de- no. demonstrative. No. Your re- receiver doesn't make a catch. No. No. But if you get burned in the secondary, that's still okay. Um, no, but Bo, look, I think the offensive line issue pro- proved to be problematic. Uh, it was the best offensive line all season long. It, it didn't get a great deal of attention, but it was a storyline that we followed over the course of the week. Brad Erdos goes down in the Western Final against the BC Lions. So too does Cam Thorne, who's more a numbers, more of a depth guy, but but a guy who still sees playing time. And Davis, Burris had 266 yards in the first half. The Stamps had they, <laughs> the, the Stamps O line gave up three sacks in the game. They gave yeah. up 20 in over yeah. the course of 18 regular yeah. season yeah. games. They gave up 20 total. They gave up three against the Red Blacks. They. They were beleaguered. Bo was uncomfortable, and that was the, yes, one of the key storylines. Exactly. You have to disrupt Bo. How do you do it? I, you know, we were talking to Sean Lemon the other day, and leading into this game, he was just, you got to find a way to do it. And and I, I asked him, is there a way? He's like, you know what? The question is to try to outduel Dave Dickinson's mind. He said, Dave is a genius at, yes, at, at making yeah, at making yeah, sure his quarterbacks well, don't talk. get touched. So let's uh, talk. Know. Let's talk about let's talk about that decision. No second. So second. Second. Oh, second yeah. and four. Well, you know, the what last, in the last last minute of the game, uh, you bring in he brings in Andrew uh, Andrew Buckley, uh, who, who to be fair, he runs and he's had a lot of success. He runs the short yardage offense. 
for the Stampeders. He brings them in. Um, they run a. They run a. Basically, they run like a a, a sweep uh, uh, quarterback rollout option. So he's got basically what he does is he rolls out and he's gonna have, he has a couple options. He can either throw to the out route uh, or he can or he can run the ball. Uh, Abdul Kane. He's gonna get the corner. Buck is gonna get the corner and probably score uh, the game winning touchdown. Uh, make the uh, comeback of the comeback of the of the of the decade. Uh, and all of a sudden, Abdul Kane just, I, we just saw the highlight again. He just clips him by, it's almost, it's, like I a, bet it's by. Like a shoelace. It's a fingernail shoelace. Like he just clips him. And that, look at that. That right there is the difference between a, a win, a great cup championship and, and, and going home, going home empty. It's just that, that shoelace. Uh, Abdul Kane, huge play. And remember, Abdul Kane gave up a pass interference uh, just to, just before that. Totally. Um, and, and there's uh, there's redemption. a guy who could potentially be wearing gold horns, right? Huge redemption. And uh, wow, wow. That's a it, game. If they say it's a game of inches, it's definitely a game of inches. It's crazy how we saw so many guys who had big monster plays, but at the same time had those moments where they could have been wearing the gold horns. Your most outstanding Canadian, Brad Sinopoli. Catches the 40-yard bomb or 38-yard bomb late in the fourth quarter. You think it's over. It looks like it'll be. It'll, it's going to seal it. Calgary comes back. The onside kick. And Sinopoli, you know, tries to. He gets his hands on the ball but can't hang on to it. And that guy is normally yeah. automatic, that sure-handed. Really went, really just went straight through his hands and hit, yeah. him, hit him in the helmet. He should have He should have made the, made the play on that one. But, hey, like he said when we talked to him after the game, things happen. I mean, they make plays too. And, you know, they made it was a nice kick. And the guy was right down there in, in Brad's face. And. You know what? He is the most outstanding Canadian in the Grey Cup. And, um, uh, so, so you talk about the play. Yeah. You, you talk about the Buckley play, and Kane comes up with that tackle. Bo was livid. Oh yes, yes, yes. Bo was livid. Yes, and yes. I mean, you, and, 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 and alluded and alluded to it. I, I just why look. I understand that Buckley's a short short so yardage quarterback. Why is Bull mad? Why is Bull mad? Because he wants the ball. You're, right. you're talking about the the you're talking about the best player in the league. Right. You're talking and about the it, best player in the league, and you're saying, you know what? We're gonna put a short yardage guy in to to go run it in. Especially instead. in that so in that situation, I mean, they've been here's the thing. They've been doing. You know what? All either year. give it back to Jerome. Give it either give it back to Jerome Messam or 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 let Bo take it. Right, you know what, James? To, to, to play devil's advocate, though, yeah. what do we hear all week long from everyone? What, what's the one thing, the constant that everyone said? You do the same thing. You don't change. You do the same things you yeah. did all year. So if every other time they on on second down in short in the goal in the red zone, Buckley came in. Why now in a big game you don't you change it? So I mean, I understand from that point why you do that. But uh, I, I might be leaning your way and, and get the ball to bowl Levi Mitchell in that situation and, and let him let him do what he can do. And if I was him, I'd probably feel the same way. Well, just at that stage of the game. Yeah. Just I mean, at that yeah. stage of the game. There's like, 40 there's forty something seconds left, and you're basically you're saying, I mean, and he's, and he's throwing the ball. I can see if you do that. I can see you do that if. Uh, I, I Bo Levi Mitchell I would much rather have. In that situation, <laughs> that moment, yes, you know, and that's and they're gonna second guess that for yeah. a long, for a long time. But it's not like we say we just it's not wrong. You know, it's not wrong, and that's what we talk about. Is it is it is what it is, and, and it's a you know you make your decision. You try to roll with what 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 got you there. But uh, I like I, I see what Bo saying, and I like to get the ball to Bo in that spot too. Would you ever um, just just as a crazy idea? They they went they settled on the points in the third down. 
Would you have ever thought about going for it? No, no, you okay. can't. You can't. You can't. Do I that. know. Percentage wise, if you don't, if you don't get Take it, you basically points. lose. Yeah, the, I'm with you. Game. Okay, but, just, but yeah, it's just a good. Of. It's not a bad, not a bad t- topic that, of discussion. This is, a, this is a defense guy saying that though. Yeah. I would wonder if there was if, if you, an offense guy. Eh, well, take a shot. I mean, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Michael maybe. Shea might have. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hey, well, come on, Justin Medlock, trying for sixty-one yeah, yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. No, and fair enough. Yeah. You never know. I mean, hey, I mean, it's it's proven, but I mean, it's one of those ones that if you you come up short, you know, what a game! What are you doing? Oh it goodness. was it was it was a phenomenal oh phenomenal goodness. game through and through. Uh, Regardless the, the, of where you, who you're cheering for in that game, you go home as a CFL fan. Wow, satisfied, and the league has got to be extremely pleased with. How this game, how this game ended, how this game played out, the storylines, the, the I mean, it was what a game. First wow. over, first overtime in, in since two thousand five, and you were with those Edmonton Eskimos uh, that went to uh, overtime, and that was that moment. I think that to me, the the, the image that'll always be defined, for me from that game was the Danny Machocha, your your coach mm-hmm. at the time, who, you know, nearly rolls over and has that heart attack moment, kind of puts his hand to his chest, kind of thing, and the and the eyes rolling over. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, you know, classic. Uh, one of the great moments, yeah. I think, and uh, you know, and you, you look at it, just one of those great images, I think, over the course of history. But you know, congratulations to the Ottawa Red Blacks, and and, and I just want to say this, and I'm prob- and I'm biased here. Ottawa, I was born in Ottawa. I spent the first 23 years of my life in Ottawa, in the nation's capital. Watched a lot, a lot of ugly, ugly, ugly rough rider teams non-playoff teams garbage futility and people that tried to be loyal and supportive of the franchise for so many years during those lean times the team ultimately folds 20 years ago they come back with a a a zero bank account version called the renegades that you know it it was almost it was you know i don't know what it was it was just a, a you know a quick knockoff store or something like that it was just a horrible incarnation and left people with a real bad taste in their mouth they waited they got it done right jeff hunt uh, a guy that i had a chance to uh, to work with jeff briefly uh, as a public address announcer with the ottawa 67s when he t- first took over that team some 20 years ago and happy for him he's oh, invested class, into act, the, class act class act invested into the community marcel desjardins another guy who yeah. A real sharp mind and has just done a wonderful job. And, you know, I loved what he did right out of the gate, picking up guys in the expansion draft and trading them right away for draft picks, draft picks. And those draft picks have... have, have, He's done a great job building this team. He's done a fantastic job building this team. And you look at those guys and Marcel, you know what? That shows you what a bright mind he was. And for him, you know, a guy who kind of came as a, a disciple of Jim Pop, and look what happened with with his situation in Hamilton. I I never thought he got a fair shake with the Tabbies. Yeah. Just just hey, look, there was a lot of bad luck that worked against him. Everybody that seemed to sign there at those times, the, the big stars and free agents in those days, some ten plus years ago, everybody seemed to get hurt. And you know he ultimately proved to be the scapegoat. I felt like in some situations, but guess what? He has shown that he He's is one of the best GMs champion. champion champion so congratulations oh my to Jeff. goodness and for calgary a team that was a win away from defining themselves as one of the greatest 
teams in regular season and, and or, said, or ever, ever. And I said that, remember when we talked about that, that, that game, that loss at the end of the season, we wanted them to go for the perfect, yeah. for the best record of all time. Yeah. And it only mattered if they won this game. Yeah. That, now, that now doesn't even come into play. Who cares? Because nope. we don't win today, today. It doesn't make a difference. And and they, exactly. And, and it's all, and it becomes all forgotten about because they ultimately didn't win the big game, the game that mattered. They dropped the ball and, we won't look, we won't talk about this stand. They're a, a very very good team, and you know what? They'll be back next year, and and we'll look at them as probably the favorites in in 2017. Dave be. Dickinson is a brilliant coach. You got a great GM and John Hoffnagel. You got a fantastic quarterback in Bo Levi Mitchell. You got a strong running game and Jerome Messam. Most of the defense will return intact. You got a solid offensive line. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, and, and there's talk that they'll probably look to maybe upgrade their, their receiving core if they can. And if there's a window of opportunity. Who doesn't want to hear anything about that right now? And that's the Calgary Stampeders. This mm-hmm. one hurts. This one hurts. They won't care about next year. This one hurts. They don't want, they don't want to talk about next year. This is, this is, this one is really going to stink. When you're, when you're this good, it's happened to me in 2004. I probably had the best team I've ever been on. Uh, and we lost. We we lost to Toronto in the Eastern 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 Final. AC got hurt. And, and oh, that AC got hurt in that game. Yeah, yeah. that one. Yeah, you that guys one were good. Stung. That was the best team I ever played on. It, it that one stung for a long time. I, I feel for these guys because because they know they deserve a better fate because they're a great team and they had a great season. But this one isn't uh, that funny that you, you win you win great cups with certain teams, but the ones that you, the one that you think that the best team that you had yes was and that's how a lot of these guys are gonna feel. I mean these guys. These guys are that's football that, one game, right? Yes, exactly. It's it's that's why that's what we talked about too. That's football. That's football in the NBA or NHL and, and baseball. And, you know the the best teams the usually, win, usually series, wins yeah. in the seven game series. You know, but not in football. It's not that way. No, it certainly isn't. So the Ottawa Red Blacks almost forty years to the day winning their last Grey Cup. The Ottawa Rough Riders back on November twenty eighth, nineteen seventy six, almost on the same spot of land. Right at the old exhibition stadium, this time at BMO Field, the Ottawa Red Blacks capture the 104th edition of the Grey Cup, a classic. I'm sure TSN will be over the moon with those ratings. Oh, yes. That great I, mean, ratings. I, I mean, social media no was question. blowing up. It was great. No and and you know what? Hey, listen, I, I just want to say, um, and, we're, and coming up in a, in a, in a little bit, we're going to take you down to the field celebrations. Davis and I caught up with... The owner of the Ottawa Red Blacks, Jeff Hunt. We caught up with Marcel Desjardins. We caught up with Ernest Jackson. We talked to Brad Sinopoli and a couple of others uh, just to kind of share the conversation and, and soak up the victory where um, they deserve to have champagne on their jerseys oh. for now. Where maybe the Calgary Stampeders, hey. before the game, do they have champagne on their jerseys? <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, listen, uh, as we wind down, this is the final uh session of the waggle for the regular season and the, and the 2016 season but we'll be we'll be we'll be with you guys over the course of the off season we'll be we'll be kicking it we'll be talking to you we'll be bringing you because this is looking to be one of the most intriguing off seasons in years the way things line up will henry burris stay or go and henry burris is making no commitments he said he's going to use the month of december to hang out with his family and he'll likely make a decision in the new year i think everybody's hopeful that he'll stay in ottawa or if he's going to leave right off into the sunset as opposed to going to another team. Jeff Hunt spoke about that and you'll you'll hear what uh, you'll hear what he has to say uh, in just a few moments. But I want to give a, a little thank you to some of the individuals behind the scenes that have helped 
both Davis and I over the course of the season. Uh, a big shout out, uh, Jonathan Rubinoff, Jr. Shout out, thank very special thanks to him. Kelly Shoulders, Dice, thank you so much. Yep. Kyle Scott, Jeff Creever, uh, Matt Cullen as well. Thank you so much, Brody Lawson, Max Rosenberg. You guys have all been great. Amazing. Huge help over Amazing. the course of the season. Uh, these are the people that work tirelessly every day. When you go to CFL.ca and you look to see what's up, what sort of content, news and information and videos, just something you want to have to, to get a little taste of info and you want to get your connect, these are the people that are working tirelessly day in, day out. There is no off-season for them. They are constantly feeding the beast feeding you what you want a buffet of cfl awesome yes sir well well said well said well said so for davis sanchez my name is james sabalski and thank you so much to all the fans all across this country that made their way into toronto and it was so much fun interacting with so many yes, of you we talked to so many great people who who, who listened to the show and we are, we want to definitely thank you guys it's been uh, it was it was awesome to talk to you guys and meet a lot of you guys this week and uh, you know if it wasn't for you guys this, this league wouldn't be what it is so thank you so much and they, uh, they make unreal. it fun they make it no fun uh, whether it was uh, just catching up with so many people that were they were telling us they were on their drives over on their flights that they had downloaded the podcast. It was great, had a lot of fun, uh, and we'll talk about that more over the over the coming weeks uh, here on the Waggle. That's Davis Sanchez. I'm James Sabalski, and if you're just finding us again for the first time, remember you can subscribe through iTunes and have it delivered right to your tablet, your phone, or whatever you need. We got you covered. The 104 Grey Cup is in the books. It was awesome. And the celebration and conversations are coming up. Great Cup champion, Ottawa Red Blacks owner Jeff Hunt. How does that sound? Great Cup champion. Wow, it's uh, surreal. Um, you know, obviously, I'm so happy you know for our team and for Marcel Desjardins and uh, our coaching staff and the players and. Somebody said to me today that the team has a good vibe, you know, and, and you win with good environments, and you would know that. Um, and uh, I, I felt that, that this was a team that felt like they, they were going to win. And uh, I, I've seen that a couple of times in hockey, and the feeling is similar. And, you know, you remember the James the Memorial Cup in 99, and uh, I had that same roller coaster high of being in the lead and low of losing the lead and then of course winning in overtime five goal game that was blown uh, the five goal yeah lead you know we overtime, were yeah. we were uh we were making up our t-shirts in style right <laughs> well we wanted to make it interesting for the fans and we wanted to give tsn some more advertising <laughs> so we let them go in overtime and jeff you said this morning when we talked this morning you said you're not nervous but you get nervous when you get a lead that's when you really get nervous and then lo and behold how did you yeah. feel when you had the lead and they came back well sick to be honest with you and you know what I, you know, I have my family with me and I had you know I have friends and uh, everybody's getting excited and you know they start telling you you're gonna win and I want to like choke Shut them up. and they say that don't say that to me you know this is the CFL <clears throat> no lead is safe and this is the Calgary Stampeders and uh, I you know I, I got to a point late in the game where I just honestly thought this isn't our year and this is going to be that really one that would have stung, you know, because for 95% of the game, I really started to allow myself to think, hey, we're going to win. Yes. And then I go, you know what, they're going to take it from us. And uh, they didn't. So 
Thank God for that. To see this all come through, the re, the, the rebuilt TD play. I mean, to see to see the stadium, to see the environment lands down live, to see the growth of this team in just three short years. I mean, does it feel a little out of body at times, or I mean, do you get a little emotional thinking about it? You, you put so much heart, soul, finances, resources into it. I mean, you've done a lot. Well, you know what? <clears throat> this is a this is not the culmination of three years. This is a culmination of a decade yeah. with my partners and I. And you know, maybe uh, maybe the sports gods have you know kindly said, you know what, Ottawa's due. Ottawa's owed one. So 40 years, uh, you know, since since we've had this kind of moment in Ottawa, and uh, you know, so I, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. It's uh, it the city of Ottawa deserves it. They earned it. And they got it. Who comes to mind? Who are some of the people that probably fly under the radar that come to mind for you? Well, I got I'm gonna forever love Tony Gabriel because he sent me an innocent text, and you know, as owners, you, you think that some little stupid thing you do, like wearing a certain T-shirt, or helps the team. But so in this case, I thought, well, reading a Tony Gabriel text might help the team. Never a bad idea. Uh, if you're not and, a yeah, and uh, you know, so. For me, because everybody owns their, you know, their wins in, in their own way, and I'll always believe that Tony Gabriel had a little bit of part to play in today. What do you do? What do you how, talk to me about this fan support here? I'm, I'm looking at the, we're standing here in the end zone, and on both sides here at BMO Field, you've got thousands of Red Blacks fans just screaming, running wild. You guys packed the stadium. A home game. This was, was a home game. game. Yeah, yeah th you know I, I don't know if. We, I, I think that, that the Ottawa was the sad sack for so many years. I hate, I hate to say it that way. It's true though. That, and then we come back, and, and you know we're, you know, the two and sixteen started, and maybe everyone sort of uh, just said, maybe I, I think the whole league kind of was rooting for us a little bit, save it except for Calgary, of course. Uh, and you know, so this is, uh, yeah, this this is this is a special moment. I, I and it's great to see. I, I felt like we were home today, even though it was kind of loud when Calgary uh, had some success too. When did you start talking to Hank? Well, you know what? We've already talked to Hank, and uh, you know, if Henry Burris ever wears a, another jersey besides an Ottawa Red Blacks, it'll be a, a sad day for me and a sad day for Ottawa. Uh, you know, I, I, I hope he's going to finish his career in Ottawa, however long that may be. You know, as of today, who knows? You know, I mean, uh, uh, he. he he didn't show like he's a guy ready to retire. Didn't look like it anyway. Hey, listen, I just want to say congratulations. And for a guy that I first met 18 years ago that gave me an opportunity to be the public address announcer for the Ottawa 67s when you first bought that team. I don't think I gave you an opportunity. You were already there when I bought the team. Uh, shades of gray. Shades of gray. You have all fans. I want to thank, thank you from all Canadian CFL fans. Thank you so much for all you do. Congratulations. Well, thank you. It's 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 been a labor of love, and uh, today is as good as it gets. Hotel party still? You yeah. invited us. You did invite us this morning. You invited us this morning. Yeah, yeah, this I remember, morning. I said, uh, remember I said the the, uh, the, the, the Holiday Inn Suites. <laughs> <laughs> Motel Six. Motel Six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks, go enjoy. Thank you, go guys. enjoy. Go enjoy. Thank, thank, thank you. Brad Sinopoli, Grey Cup champion. How's that sound? Sounds pretty good to me right now. Most outstanding Canadian. Um, just, just a, one of the one of the game for the ages. Talk about what what it was like to be part of. I think a game that people will say instant classic. I mean, you know what? It's just I've said it before. It's just such a 
an honor to be uh, part of this team and, and to be playing with these guys. And uh, I mean, it's a special group. And you know, there was ups and downs in the games, and, and there wasn't a single negative, crazy ups and downs. Crazy ups and downs, and, and not a single person was negative or anything like that on the sidelines. And everyone just kept believing and uh, and just kind of had that feeling and knew we were going to make plays. And guys stepped up and made plays. You guys see something in the game plan where you get we get open and see that there's wide open receivers all especially the first half wide open everywhere. Well, what do you what do you guys see? What happened there? I mean, again, you know, our OC called called great plays for us and, and just tried to get the ball in there quick and and uh, you know they have some zones that we try to exploit and we were able to do that and uh, you know Hank Hank always does a great job of finding the soft spot in the zones. And, yeah, what happened before the game? What was it? What was that? What was that thought like when you heard wow. that Hank might not be able to play? You know, minutes before kickoff. That? <laughs> what happened? Drama. Went through your head there. <laughs> I wish I knew. To be honest yeah. with you, we didn't even know what was going on. We just, you know, we knew there was a possibility he might not play. And uh, again, no one really flinched. You know, people just said, "All right, next man up." And then here he comes, running out on the field in dramatic fashion, and uh, and then has the game of his life. Talk to me about late in the game. You come up with a huge 40-yard play late in the game. I think a lot of people think it seals it. And then, you know, there they come right back. The onside kick goes up in the air. I mean, talk to me about what's going through your mind. You talked about how this team never wavered. What was your mindset like? You're, you're known to be such a clutch guy. And it's such so unlike you, but it's, that's football. I mean, you know, they, they made a play too. It, it's, you know, it happens. They're, they're a very good football team, and, and that stuff's going to happen. And, and uh, again, after that, you know, guys stepped up and made plays, and um, you know, guys weren't rattled. You know, the, as the moment it can, couldn't get bigger, and, and guys, you know, they just stayed the course, and, and, uh, and here we are. What's it mean? I mean, being an Ottawa guy, having this moment happen. You know, born and bred, and kind of have this sort of experience to be, to experience Ottawa being a Great Cup champion once again for the first time in 40 years. Speechless, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, I, it's going to be amazing to go back and share this with the city and the fans. And uh, I mean, even here, we could feel the support. You know, it was insane when we came out. And uh, people, like I said, are just so passionate about football there. And, and they've been behind us so much. And uh, we just can't wait to share it with them. Well, as a guy who was born and bred in Ottawa myself, I'll say this. Thank you. Thanks for bringing it back. I, I appreciate you guys, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank go you. enjoy. Marcel Desjardins, the... General Manager of the Great Cup Champion, yeah! Auto Redbox. How does that sound? It sounds outstanding. <laughs> you know, I think back to about 10 years ago when you're in Hamilton. You know, I was covering a lot of games that I ever win in those days, roaming the sidelines as a reporter. And, you know, I always felt that you got such an unfair shake. And it was almost like a broken, it was like a broken, no, but I just, it was like a broken mirror. There was, it always felt like everybody would get hurt. Everybody would come in and all that. I just. What does this mean? You've worked hard. You've busted your hump, and you've done a wonderful job putting together this team. Uh, at the end of the day, look, what happened over there happened over there. I'm just thankful I had an opportunity to go back to Montreal the next day. And, you know, I learned a lot from that experience, but mostly of what not to do. And, uh, look, at the end of the day, I mean, the key is to hire the right people. You know, that's what it's all about. You, If you surround yourself with the right people, you got a chance. And if you don't... But that started with you. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's what I'm saying. I was able to hire the right head coach, the right guys in the personnel department, and we worked for, moved forward and worked hard for the expansion draft and everything else that we did personnel-wise. And after the first year, it would have been easy to say we messed something up, but we stuck with it. And you know what? I mean, this is this is the result of sticking with it. So who are a couple of names that, you know, maybe flying under the radar? Obviously, fans are going to think of Henry, and they're going to think of Brad Sinopoli, and, 
and Rick Campbell, but who are maybe some guys that fly under the radar really for you? The back end, the defensive backs. I mean, whether it's Jarrell Gavins or a Forest Hightower or uh, Jeff Richards, who maybe came in a little later, even a kid like Pruneau, as much as he was a first-round pick. I mean, you don't expect him to do what he did as early as he did. And, and really our back end, Abdul Kane, the other one. I mean, those guys had to adjust to being pros, first off, and pros up here, which is totally different. So year two, they were able to take that next step, and obviously it's paid dividends for us. But that group really deserves a lot of credit, and Coach Ike for taking care of those guys. Those guys, we talked to them earlier in the week, they were so confident and comfortable in what they were doing, and obviously it felt great in their preparation. Now, these are guys These are guys that you build your team around, uh, not want to go into it right away. Got some decisions to make coming up and soon. We do all the time, right? Yes, I mean, it's just the nature of the beast. and uh, Nice and, problem to have, though. Yeah, hey, look, absolutely. I mean, look, the guys that, that want to be back and, and want to be back Back for what we can do, we'll have them back. Uh, otherwise, I mean, unfortunately, we'll we'll have to, to move on. But it's too early to think too much yeah. about that, and uh, we'll still be in a good place come next year. What was the most stressful part of watching this game, anyway? I mean, this I mean, this is a game that I think we're going to talk about. Chaz, would you not agree? Instant no. classic, Cla classic. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, as much as we were up by ten with what three minutes to go, I'm thinking this ain't over, and I every and and you know, so once the onside kick worked for them, that's when it's like oh. <laughs> So who do you stand? Who are you, who are you talking to when, at this yeah. time? Who do you stand next to usually and talk to? I mean, I just, I mean, I got a bad knee to begin with, so I'm moving around the whole time to keep it kind of loose. So uh, I'm not talking to too many people. I'll talk to Miles a little bit because he'll come to Miles Garrell. He'll come and you know give me a few tidbits here and there. But usually I try to keep to myself quite a bit. And are people texting you late in the game and all that? Are you looking at that uh, at all? No, no, no. People know better. Yeah, well, I don't know, but I'm not looking at that. You were you were good about avoiding oh, yeah. all that I sort of not, stuff. Did not go there. Did not go there. Tell yeah. me a little bit about lot, lot talked about your assistant GM um, Brock Sutherland right now. So tell me tell me a little about about tell me your thoughts about Brock and, and uh, his situation. Well, I mean, uh, look, I mean, Brock's uh, obviously a quality uh, assistant general manager. I mean, if a team comes calling, obviously we'll grant permission. Uh, look, Brock's a smart guy. He knows how to structure things. Uh, he's got a, you know, his, his uh, acumen personnel-wise is extremely high. And, you know, I mean, look, I mean, we, we don't want to lose him, but we'll see what happens if somebody approaches. Where are you going to find better shawarma and beaver tails in Ottawa then? Too? That's a tough decision absolutely, for him, Absolutely, right? absolutely. Yeah. Are, do you have surgery coming up at all or what? Like, yeah, you guys, what a year. I mean, I guess it makes a knee injury. Where are they going to hit next year for the same <laughs> yes, thing? Sir. Right? Yes, sir. <laughs> so. Yes, sir. Now, that might be the toughest GM <laughs> in the league right there, Chess. Marcel, congratulations. You deserve it. And yeah. uh, as an Ottawa guy, Woo! I said the same thing to Brad. Thanks, thanks for bringing the Great Cup back to the nation's thanks, capital. Thanks. Super happy for you, Marcel. Thanks, And then there's the man who made the catch of the game, Ernest Jackson. Great Cup champion. How's it feel? It's, it's amazing, man, just to be here to be Great Cup champs. <laughs> Just having some fans here with a, had a hug. Just the simple fact that we've been through so much adversity. You know, everyone had us as the underdog all year, all season, you know. And to come here and to have that win is it, just amazing. Talk to us about that touchdown. Bobble, oh. bobble, and forgot it. Didn't catch it. Didn't drop a ball all year. And then you bop, bop, bop. Talk about that. Talk about that play from, from the jump. What you? What was it called? Uh, it's basically, uh, it basically like a, a, a Texas, a slant. Basically slant off the, off the uh, other receiver back. Zone, zone coverage, was it? Yeah, zone. zone coverage, and I seen the hole wide open, and I got so excited. <laughs> I tried to turn up before I caught the ball, and next thing I knew it was in my hands, and I bobbled it, 
figured I'd just follow it all the way to the end zone. What was your reaction when you when you hit the ground? You kind of had a little bit of a, a quirky celebration oh. lying on the field. Oh, yeah, I, I just laid there and I, I, I just soaked it in because I, I was like, this is this is the touchdown for the win. This is it right here, and I just I just took it took it all in. You knew it. Yeah, I knew right then and I was like, this is the win. Hey, talk. What was going on? What was the reaction like? You hear that Henry might not play before the game. What was the reaction with the team? All oh, it was just guys like we just knew we had a backup quarterback to get the job done, but we had faith in Hank. Like he knew something was wrong, and he was like, "I'm gonna still try to fight it." And he came out and he got it done regardless. So there was no WTF or anything like that. No, no WTF. We, we all know that a backup quarterback could do the same thing. The roller coaster year that it was, yes. the revolving door with quarterbacks. You know, you guys get up to such a great start, and then you guys just couldn't seem to win a game late, uh, midway through the season. What was to cap it off like this, to capture this opportunity? What does it mean? It means everything. Just, just for the simple fact that you know we've been through so much adversity through the season, and I feel like that adversity helped us out through this game because we knew, like, hey, we've been through these ups and downs, and it's just like any other game, and we knew we had to be relentless to finish. Tell me about these fans here. They're all soaked in here. Be most. Listen, our, our, the Red Black fans are awesome. I don't think there's no other fans like them in the league, and they, they hold us down every game, and we sell out every game, and they're here to celebrate with us, and they can't wait to bring it to the city. Go enjoy a beaver tail tonight. Yes. Sir. yes. <laughs> Congrats, baby. Thank you. Appreciate it.